Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Before we get into today's episode, I got to say, if you have not already done so, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a show. We've had such great episodes for season three, and I have amazing guests coming up. You don't want to miss them. And also be sure to share the show with a friend or two or three. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. The other day, I was thinking about how this is the 229th episode of the show, and it's hard to believe that we've done so many shows already. It seems like just yesterday that I kicked off season one. There's been so many incredible people who have come on the podcast, not only for season three, but also in the first two seasons as well. So what I wanted to do today is throw it back and highlight some of my favorite clips from seasons one and two. And if there's a clip that you really like, I hope that you'll go back and check out that full episode or those episodes. Of course, I think they're all worth listening to. And with every episode, I'm always taking away a number of insights, and I know that you will too. Before I get into the highlights, I wanted to share just a couple of things that I've been up to. Many of you who follow me on social media, you've probably seen that I've been traveling all over the country. It's been pretty crazy, been living on an airplane, and yes, I am tired. But no matter what, even if I'm exhausted, I'm going to suit up, I'm going to show up, and I'm going to move the ball every single day. No excuses. And I hope you're doing the same too. Now, I've been out with many guys training during the off-season. Some of you might have seen that I was out on the field recently with Tyreek Hill. There was a clip the NFL posted on their Instagram with Cheetah working out, and some people reached out to me to let me know that they saw me in the clip. So that was a neat little treat. I was getting texts from people, and they're like, hey, I see you, Jen. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so they sent me a link to the Instagram post. So if you look closely, if you go check out that NFL post, you can see me at the end of the clip. While I've been on the road, I've also spent some time with Jamar Chase, another wide receiver who we know is definitely going to move the ball this season and likely going to break records too. And there are so many players who are training hard this offseason. And because I was with a lot of them, something that I started doing was I started posting videos that I had recorded. So on TikTok, if you go to my TikTok, you can see videos of guys working out both in the offseason as well as during training camp. If that's something you're interested in, go check it out. My TikTok account is at Move the Ball Podcast. Shocker. Give me a follow and likes on the videos. Those are always appreciated too. I've got that link in the show notes so you can go check it out if that's of interest. One other thing that I've mentioned on the show previously is that I recently finished writing my next book, which is all about how life changes when you choose to show up. I just talked to the publisher yesterday, and I'm excited for its release this fall. So stay tuned. Of course, I'll be sharing updates on the show. And if you don't follow me on social media, I've got my social channels in the show notes too. So you can go follow me and see updates on those other platforms as well as I continue to move forward. 
Lastly, I'll just mention that you guys know we have the Move the Ball merchandise store. I'm going to be dropping some new pieces here later this summer, but go check out what swag we've already got out there. Pick up some merch and rock that you are a part of the Move the Ball movement. And when you do, be sure to post about it and tag me and hashtag Move the Ball so that I can be able to share you and give you all a shout out. Okay, let's get into the highlights now. So I'm running it way, way back to start us off with clips from season one. This first clip is from someone who is very special to me and who has always been a supporter of the Move the Ball movement and everything that I've been doing with this brand. And we're going all the way back to the very first episode of the show with former Florida Gator quarterback and BCS national champ, Chris Leak. Every time I listen to this episode, I get so much from it. And yeah, I've listened to it a few times. And so I hope you like this clip and would encourage you to go check this show out as well. There's going to be adversity no matter what. Whether you're up 50 points, you know, there's the possibility of complacency. If you're down 50 points, you have to make a decision. Are you going to keep moving? Are you going to keep moving forward? Are you going to keep moving the ball, as you would say, and just keep fighting and trust the process that regardless of the outcome, that the process is more important than the result. That's the one thing I think a lot of times, especially in today's culture, is that we're so result driven instead of process driven. If you focus on the process, if you fall in love with the process, the results will come. And that's one thing that I have learned through the process of being a quarterback and understanding the tasks that you have to have is being a coach and uh, developing players and obviously being a player. You have to fall in love with the process. The results will come if you give your all to the process. What you do determines the outcome. Your decision making determines the outcome of the team. Just like a golfer, you have to manage so many different aspects of the game. And that's the one thing about being a great quarterback. In order to become a great quarterback, you have to be able to manage. They manage the game first. And then you can work on making the big play, being explosive offensively and things like that. But you, you have to keep your team on schedule. You have to be able to manage so many different aspects and your game. You have to manage people, emotions, the aspects of formations, play calling, those type of things as everybody who's an avid football fan understands that the task of a quarterback is very difficult. And that's why you see the great ones that they, they last a long time because they take the time to focus on the little things and they do them so well over time that you almost uh, don't see the little nuances, but uh, the guys like Drew Brees, like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and you see these guys and they do the little things so very well that it's almost unconscious for them now. And uh, they have, ultimately that leadership ability to lead by example and their performance, which is so crucial for a quarterback that leads to leadership success. So that mindset, that poise, that absolute focus, I mean, that's what's required for the position, definitely when you're on and off the field. And you bring up some great pro quarterbacks that are currently playing and some things about them is, I mean, all of us have talent. We're at different levels of talent, but these guys work at being better every single day. So, you know, we see them playing on game. They're like, wow, they threw an amazing pass or they, they, you know, made a great play, but it's also because they work at it. It's the practice. It's that continual focus on trying to be better in move the ball in the book. I talk about the great leaders and great players are always focused on continual improvement. And those people that you mentioned are very focused. I mean, they practice that they look at, you know, improving on those little things too and that's what makes them even better of a quarterback yeah no doubt i tell you one of the things that i've learned from those guys being around them and you know during my young career in the nfl and being around guys is their focus on 
every single year was to reinvent themselves. They would reinvent themselves every year. So that once the year ended and they went into the next, at the beginning of the next season, it was almost as like they would just erase everything that happened and focus on like as if they knew nothing. And that type of mindset will make you continue to work. And you hear stories like uh, Kobe Bryant making sure he hit a thousand shots before practice even started. Tiger Woods going out and hitting over a thousand balls, you know, every day, you know, when he went to practice. It's just though, it's that type of mindset that all the great ones have. Muhammad Ali, you think about Michael Jordan. There's a, there's a commonality amongst all the greatest athletes in the sport. It's undeniable that the, the work ethic that you have to have and the, and the time commitment that it took them to be as good as they were, and they were willing to do that because they loved the process. They loved the practice. They loved the art of the game. And it showed. It showed when they performed. And that's definitely a lesson that anyone can take into life, into the business world, into raising a family and those type of things. There's different things into their faith. You know, having that mindset can really help you because I know it's helped me. It's helped me transition into things that the success I had on the field has definitely helped me transition into the success I've had in life. And because I like this episode so much, this next clip is another piece from Chris's episode. Check it out. What's the best piece of advice you would give someone else? Pretty much the same thing, except I would add to them to know your calling, know your purpose, know your calling and understand your faith. Your faith will push you through the adverse times because their adversity is guaranteed for you every day. So understand, let your faith be the driving force to your in-game decision-making, to your decision-making every day in life. And understand that you are enough. Who you are, how you have become, regardless of what situation you've been through, you are enough and continue to stay faithful and keep moving forward. This next clip is from episode 15 with retired MLB player and former manager of the Houston Astros, Bill Porter. Yes, I think that goes to just executing the process. I think so often people set lofty goals. You know, you look at the starting point of that goal, and I think they fast forward to the destination of where they're trying to go, and they forget about everything in between, which is the process. And I think when you focus more on the process, it gives you the best opportunity to accomplish your desired result. And goals are just enough to get you started. I use this analogy when you look at your goals. It's like the navigation system for your life. And we all know in this day and age, you know, a long time ago, we used to have to pull out a a map if we wanted to find directions to someone, a key map. Now you can just type it into Google and it will Google Maps and it'll basically start to give you a turn by turn direction. So a lot of times when I'm speaking to kids today, I use that as an analogy and I say to them, when you put a goal or a destination point into your Google map and you start driving, if you get off track, immediately the navigation system will say, please make a U-turn, please make a U-turn, and it will try to get you back on track. But if you don't have a destination, one of the things in which I stress to them, this is why goals are so important, because if you don't know where you're going, you're probably going to end up someplace you don't want to be. And at least if you have a destination point, when you get off track, you will be able to see that you're off track. I would say, you know, any opportunity that you have to impact the life of someone else, take that opportunity because you never know what it's going to lead to. You may not be able to witness the outcomes, but just know 
that the world is a better place when each and every last one of us look for opportunities to impact the lives of other people. And I want to share this with the listening audience. Everything you do for yourself will die with you. Everything you do for someone else has a chance to live forever. This next one is a really powerful one. It's from episode 37 with Daryl Stinson. Have a listen. This episode really meant a lot. And I would encourage you again to go check out this one in its entirety. It's really, really powerful. So my life for two years was complete chaos. Mentally exhausting because I'm literally going from practices to selling drugs to classes to selling drugs to workouts and lunch to selling drugs. And it was like that for two years. Finally, uh, it just got so bad where I started the, the opioids and all the epidural shots I was getting in my back um, wasn't numbing the pain enough. I, I, I was running within a limb. I was still performing because I was so athletically gifted, but people could see on my film, this dude's in pain. Coaches are like, man, we can't, we can't watch you do this here. So we're, we're, we're going to get in trouble. And they kicked me off the team, even though they needed me. And that's when I had to face all of these feelings of insecurity, of, of the fact that, you know, football could not mask, you know, because for football, it was like the release is how I dealt with all that stuff. But now I didn't have football to make me popular. So who was I? And so that led to depression. I didn't think that my life had purpose or meaning outside of sports. My opioid addiction turned into multiple substance addiction. I started mixing multiple substances to try to end my life. Um, I wrote my suicide letter. Uh, I tried to starve myself to death, and I went from 275 pounds to 219 pounds in four weeks. And uh, all these attempts at suicide landed me in a psychiatric unit. And thankfully, in the psychiatric unit, I had a life-changing experience that helped me to believe that, you know what? Maybe there is something out there for me other than football and sports. Maybe there is something that would fulfill me like being an athlete fulfilled me. And I started to search it out. And I spent about five years researching everybody's purpose and identity. I prayed, I meditated, I did Myers-Briggs and Strings Finder and Enneagram. I mean, you name it, I've done it because I was trying to find purpose. I, I wasn't settling for what my passion was. Like my passion was sports. I needed something deeper than that. And so uh, thankfully I was able to find that and I'm at a good place now. I'm super excited to share that this next segment is from episode 77 back in season one with coach Lori Locust. Coach Lowe became the first female football coach to win a Super Bowl when the Tampa Bay Bucks won Super Bowl 55 against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that, and, and I don't want to characterize us as women, you know, because we're all individuals as well, but I'll speak on my behalf. I feel like I got to a point in my life where I was so layered over by everyone else's expectations. Like I felt that I had kind of lost who I was. And I think a lot of us can go through that, you know, we're somebody's mother, we're somebody's wife, we're somebody's coworker, we're somebody else's, whatever it is. And we take on all these different roles and you start to be able to lose touch with what used to make you really happy and, you know, what it is that kind of like completes you as a person so that you can be a better, you know, overall like mom and wife and partner or whatever it is. And I just, I felt like I started to take off like layers of winter clothes when I started to make some decisions that I don't necessarily know that I would call it selfish because I was always, I always had my kids in the forefront. Like there was never a decision that I made, never a place that I went, 
that I didn't think of them first because they are my priority. They're still my priority. They're my why and my reason that I do this. But what I would tell people now, and especially women, and, you know, listen, I got started late on this. So there's never a too late time frame. And I would say to them, and I've said to my friends, is that you have to start to think about life in terms of why not, as opposed to what if. Because there's a passion that everybody has for something, you know, and whether or not you're, you're fortunate enough to really follow it through and get to, you know, do it the way that you've always wanted to do it, maybe yes, and, and maybe you get close or maybe you get to do it every once in a while. But if it's important enough for you to do, you can't set it aside because you have to be whole in order to be whole for other people. And I, I truly believe that if I had turned that car around, I obviously wouldn't be talking to you guys right now. And I wouldn't be in a place where I feel like you're right. I think that was a defining moment because there's so many times we talk ourselves out of doing things that really, truly have our name stamped all over it. And we're letting fear dictate as opposed to really trying to just overcome that first initial step. And then just like the possibilities are endless. Like, why not? Why not try it? Next up is episode 68 with retired NFL player Nick Greeson. So you ended up uh, getting a scholarship played at University of Wisconsin. Uh, you did very well there. You know, led the country in tackles your senior year, led the conference in tackles the year before. What did you do to ensure your success? Oh, my goodness. I just made sure that I stay focused on, on what your goal is. And to be honest, one of the things that I did early on with my, my parents or even my mom, uh, more specifically, was every year we'd sit down and kind of create what our goals are, right? What the goal was for the year, whether that be a- uh, athletically, academically. Um, and so from there, I was able to say, okay, here's what my goal is. My goal was to make it to the NFL, you know, from a young kid on. But for it to say, well, I'm 12 years old or 16 years old in high school, to be able to get to the NFL, all right, well, that's that's six to eight years away, potentially, let's just say. That's a long time to wait. So what do you have to do is you actually go backwards and say, well, what are the steps I need and things I need to achieve to be able to get to that goal? And so really being able to stay focused on, is this activity, what I'm trying to do, going to help me to get to my, that goal for that year, which inevitably is going to take me towards the NFL? That part of it, setting goals really was able to help me stay focused on what the goal was um, and what and how I'm going to spend my time, you know, within the weight room and learning the playbook, understanding, watching film, the better you understand things. And the more it's, it's not necessarily as, as mental anymore. It's just a lot more physical. You're able to play that much faster. So I think the focus in terms of understanding the playbook, you know, physically preparing myself with, with workouts it just, you know, always being, available and showing up every single time it's it's time to practice and play that, that you're ready to go and you're not just screwing around right yeah and i like that you talked about having that goal that longer term goal and then breaking it down into smaller goals and making sure that those smaller goals aligned with where you were trying to go in my move the ball book and i talk about this too in a lot of speaking events that i do i talk about this concept called getting the next first down and so when you look at football 
teams, they don't focus on trying to uh, throw a Hail Mary every play, right? It's about getting to that next first down, resetting, getting the next first down, et cetera. And same thing here, you know, you broke down what are the things that I needed to achieve from you know, 12, 16 on that were going to help progress me towards that goal of playing in the NFL. Listen, I, I think I learned one great thing when I was in the NFL symposium my rookie year. It took three words, and I still use this today, actually, on my kids. It's choices, decisions, consequences. We all have choices in our life of, of, of whether we're going we're gonna to take that piece of candy and pay for it or not. Well, that decision that you make will have an effect and have consequences that could affect and determine the rest of your life. And those three simple words, I can just easily tell my kids, choices, decisions, consequences, and they understand, because we all know the difference, most of us should understand the difference between right and wrong. And that can definitely make the difference and be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, did I do everything that I could to be to be the best at what I want to do? This next clip is with someone who I'm definitely a fan of and always excited to see on the football field. It's from season one, episode 36, with Indianapolis Colts running back Naheem Hines. Now, this clip was from season one, but I also had Naheem on the show during this season as well. Naheem is going into year five in the NFL, and I've loved seeing him evolve and grow on his football journey. I know he's having a blast in training camp right now, and I can't wait to see him ball out during the season. Have a listen to this clip. It's simple, honestly. Life, sports, everything, it's all about confidence. If you don't believe you're going to do something, you're probably not going to do it. I've even seen players who've elevated their game. Uh, we've all seen somebody in maybe a video game or any sport or anything who maybe is not as good as they think they are, but they're so confident. They play better than what they are or they, they're better than what they should be. That's how you should be in life. If nobody believes in you, you got to believe in you. I promise you one thing. If you don't believe in you, nobody else will neither. So... It has to start there. You mentally have to tell yourself whatever it is. If you're waking up, you want to be the best manager of Amazon like Naya. You got to try to beat all the other Amazon managers, but you have to also, you know, make a relationship with people. Stick with that. And whatever it is to be great, you have to do that. And it starts mentally first. Even now, every day, I think I tried to better your last year because every day when I woke up, I wouldn't say, oh, it's 8 o'clock or oh, it's 6 o'clock, I got to go to work. I'd be like, dang, Naya, you get to wake up and do play football. Like you get to wake up and go to practice. There's people out there who wish they could do that and they have to go to a nine to five. And some things with confidence really just comes from perspective. And that's how you have to look at it. This next clip is from season one, episode 13 with JJ Burden. JJ was a wide receiver, played in the league for many, many years. He's just got great insights. Have a listen. So what you shared is true. It's hard to make it and it's hard to stay. So when I got there, I realized that, man, I have an opportunity here. I've got to treat every day like it's game day. So every day I was constantly trying to get better, working on my craft, you know, learning from the veterans, watching and learning and applying. And, and even when I made it, when I became that starter my fourth or fifth year, I didn't get comfortable. I didn't get complacent. It was every day. The attitude was, how can I be better than I was the day before? How can I be better than I was the year before? And because of that, I was on this constant pursuit, raising the bar, so to speak, of my performance, where a lot of guys, you know, they have that big game or that great year, they kind of back off. And those are the ones who careers end up short. So, so I was just constantly challenging myself. But I'll tell you, when you're 5'10", 157 pounds, in the NFL, one of the smallest, um, they're constantly bringing in taller guys to take your job. And so every year I was beating out these taller guys. 
but it kept me on my toes. It kept me hungry and kept me working hard. And you bring up a really good point because I think, well, two things. One, sometimes we, we live in the successes of yesterday and then we become complacent. And then we don't think about that continual improvement, that striving for more and continually raising the bar. But the other thing that you you bring up is in the athletic arena, you do have people competing for your jobs. In the corporate sense, you don't always have someone, they're not just going to get rid of you the next year unless you're significantly underperforming, right? Or you do something bad. So it's very easy for us off the field to get complacent because we lose sight of there's other people that will want our job if we don't improve. But in the athletic space, that's a very real thing that people are always focused on. I got to perform or I'm going to be gone. Yeah, it's an interesting concept because you might have five other wide receivers behind you and they're your teammates, but they're waiting for you to mess up. They want your job and you can feel them every day trying to get it. So you have to be on your toes. You have to keep challenging yourself. You have to keep raising the bar. And I was able to do that, just constantly challenging myself and pushing myself. And uh, I know that was instrumental in me playing nine years. Yeah, I think that the takeaway for people listening is you've always got to continually strive to improve and grow and push yourself and you can't become complacent, uh, whether you're an athlete or just a business person, right? Living a, a regular life, so to speak. Um, you've got to stay focused on that. How can I improve? How can I be better than I was yesterday and the day before that? And so on. Absolutely. This next one is from a dear friend of mine who happens to be a back-to-back Super Bowl champ with the Denver Broncos, Mr. Byron Chamberlain. Byron was on the show both in season one and season two, but this clip is from season one, episode 48. He's talking about the mentality he had playing under head coach Mike Shanahan. When I got drafted, the very first meeting, my very first day in the Broncos building, and the first thing he ever addressed to the team, he said, men, we're going to do things here one way and one way only. It's going to be first class. And that's going to be everything we do from the way we dress, from the way we practice, from the way we eat, from the way we play. Anything we do is going to be first class and first class only, or we're not going to do it. I've taken those words and I've applied them to my life. I've applied them to everything that I do. If I'm going to do something, it's going to be first class. It's, all, it's going to be the very, very best. All right. My next clip is with a woman who is just incredible and she's paving the way for women as she was the first African-American female college football play-by-play commentator. So have a listen to a piece of my chat with Tiffany Green from episode 72. There were many occasions where there were night games and uh, obviously driving on the road three and four o'clock in the morning by yourself as a woman probably wasn't the smartest, but I was willing to do whatever it took to get the story done and to prove myself that, hey, I'm capable of doing this. And it was shortly after it was announced that the Gators, that was their last championship season, that they were going uh, to the SEC championship that my boss told me, uh, yeah, you know what? We're going to actually give this opportunity to your male counterpart. I thought to myself, well, wait a minute now. (laughs) He gets to travel to Atlanta. (laughs) He gets to cover the Gators. (laughs) And he gets to do it having not done what I did all season, like put in the sweat equity, the work. I remember being passed over and being incredibly offended. Like I was upset because I felt like I had worked my butt off to get my, you know, put myself in position 
to get that opportunity to cover them and to follow it through. You know, you, you, you spend time with the team and you get to know them. So yes, you, you want to see something through. So I made it be known in a professional way that I did not agree with it. And I felt like I was being discriminated against because I was a woman in this space. But what I did was I ended up just working twice as hard and I made sure to remind them or prove them through my work that I was the best person to tell that story. I was the best person to cover that team. And I just used it as fuel. Because I knew that, you know, throughout life, you're going to always come across people who, you know, pass you over for opportunities, don't feel like you're good enough or, you know, just have somebody else in mind. And it's how you respond to those challenges that's most important. And so instead of holding my head down or holding even anything against my boss or my male counterpart who got the opportunity, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to continue to work, improve, keep my head down and show you that. I'm deserving of everything because I'm working to earn it. So not everybody takes that approach. And obviously you kind of, you know, take the 24 hour approach that many athletes do. You sulk about it. You're bad. You're pissed off about it. (laughs) And then you try to take that energy and put it in the most positive direction that you can. So I've pulled quite a few highlights from season one, and now I can't leave out season two. I've got five quick clips from that season that I wanted to share, starting with a guy who has just such positive energy, and he's definitely dominated on the field while he played at Old Miss for college football, and then also as a professional football player after being drafted second round by the Kansas City Chiefs. This first clip from season two is with Dexter McCluster, which was episode 147. I would definitely say you have to be hungrier than the average every single day. You have to wake up in the morning. You have to walk in. You have to talk in. You have to really live it. If you really want something, you have to do the extra. Whatever that extra is to you, you have to do it. Whether it's waking up at 2 in the morning, making that sacrifice and do it, uh, working out, running, doing whatever, just put your mind to it and, and try not to let others dictate where you want to be or challenge who they think that you can be. Because at the end of the day, you can be whatever you want to be. But when you say that, when you say you want something, you can't just say it and not mean it. So when you say it, you have to believe it. And when you believe it, everybody else around you will believe it. It'll come true and it'll be a whole happy celebration. So keep going if you want to, whatever you want to do, be prepared to fall, but be prepared to fight back. Because at the end of the day, nobody cares how you get to the top. It's always somebody trying to get you back down to their level. So you keep fighting, you keep clawing, you keep chasing greatness every single day. And it will eventually come. Next up, we have a guy who I absolutely love, Alex Molden. Alex was drafted in the first round of the 96 NFL draft by the New Orleans Saints. He was on the show both on season one and season two. This clip is from season two, though, episode 163. And before I share it, I just want to also let you know that Alex's son, Elijah, is going into year two as an NFL defensive back with the Tennessee Titans. Elijah was also on the show as part of season two in my path to the draft series. And then I had him back on this season in March, talking about his experiences post the draft and his first season in the league. I was also recently texting with Elijah, and so I'm looking forward to seeing him show out this season. So go check out Elijah's episode and learn more about him. And also have a listen to this clip from Alex. It's another episode that I would suggest going back and listening to in its entirety. I've been cut before, Jen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been released. I've been fired. And it's embarrassing to kind of walk to your your locker in the NFL, and you you don't they don't give you a bag; they give you a trash bag, and you bag up all your shoes and all your stuff, and then 
with security, they walk you out of the facility. I'd much rather have that happen to me 10 times than to ever have somebody or to ever have that feeling again where I don't know who I am. That started me on my journey. Thank goodness that I did have a coach when I was playing that gave me these three things, alignment, assignment, and adjustment. Those things gave me success on the field. And so I just figured, hey, if I can dive deep into this, it can give me success off the field. Next up, we have former Auburn quarterback and first round NFL draft pick, Jason Campbell from episode 125. Exactly. And that's the key because I was telling guys, I talked to a lot of guys today about integrity. I just like the one thing about integrity, it comes from within and it comes from you. I said, so if you was to sweep things under the rug and think nobody would see it, the only person that should matter that sees it is you because you saw it. So something on the inside of you shouldn't feel right. And it should make you be like, nah, you know what? I, I need to fix that or I need to take care of this. I need to do that. I say it's the same way when you go to practice. You go to practice, if you know you have effort something at practice and on film, coaches can go over it or whatever, but it should bother you because you know you have effort it and you didn't put forth your fullness. And it's the same thing that you have to do when you're playing a sports or you're going to school or going to college and different things, or even at your workforce. You know that every time that you have an opportunity to get better, Take advantage of that day to get better. We can all find something to complain about. We can all find some reason, someone to blame and all this type of stuff. But at the end of the day, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and know what you're doing and why you're doing it. And is it enough? And are you doing enough? And I think that's the question. If you can answer those questions truthfully, then you learn more about yourself and gives and balance than you do on the straightaway. This next clip is with Major Wright. Major played college football at Florida, won a BCS national championship, was drafted in the third round, and he played in the league with the Chicago Bears and the Tampa Bay Bucks. In this clip, I asked him what advice he would give to others to be successful. Continue to educate yourself because I feel like education could take you out of any situation. I know for me, one thing that I did do, I did put all my eggs in one basket. I did just think about football. And then think about the future. But it hit me harder when I retired and I didn't have anything else to fall back on. That's when it hit me. It didn't catch me when I was playing. It didn't catch me a year after. It caught me three years after when I couldn't figure out what would be my next move. But I think educating yourself in all aspects, financially, even when you're on the field, make sure you become a student to the game and off the field. Make sure you be a sponge to be able to soak things up and be able to learn from it. But I think education is probably the biggest thing I would tell any college athlete or any person on this earth. I'm telling you that education is so important and it's so huge. And lastly, but certainly not least, Check out this clip from Sheldon White. Sheldon played in the league, was in the front office for a number of teams, including the Detroit Lions for many years. He was also the interim GM there, by the way. And he is currently part of the scouting team for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Sheldon also has a son who is playing in the league. His son, Cody, is a wide receiver who plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just saw him a couple weeks ago during the offseason as he was training down in Austin. And I know he's excited for the season to begin, too. So anyway, have a listen to the snippet with Sheldon. One of the biggest questions I always ask all my guys when I was interviewing them is what happens, you know, whatever job you take. Now, where do you want to be in 10 years? And they all say, I want to be the CEO. I want to be the, the general manager. I want to do this. And I always would ask them the question, what if you're still in the same chair you're in now? Are you happy? 
So obviously everyone always talks about the passion of what you're picking, but at the same time, though, you have to really be excited about what you're doing. And if you don't get the promotion right away, it can't be a career anything. You know, there's a lot of younger player people that just want to accelerate to the top. But really, the thing that helps you the most is being able to build a base throughout the course of your career. And once you get into that chair, you know exactly what to do. All right. There you have it. 15 clips from seasons one and two. Again, if any of these resonated with you, go back and listen to their full episodes. And whatever platform you're listening to the show on, just scroll through the list and you can see all the guests that I've had on over the last two seasons and for season three so far. And if there are any other titles of episodes that sound intriguing or interesting, go give them a listen. There have been so many great guests on the show, like I've said before, and I've been truly blessed to be able to have this platform, to have these guests come on and share their insights, their experiences, their stories, and how they move the ball. As always, I thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show and you haven't already done so, make sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode and also share the show with a few friends. Again, it's a way that you can help me to move the ball. Go check out the show notes. I've got my TikTok there. I've got my other social channels. If you want to follow me on other platforms and see the videos I've been posting with the fellas as well. And, you know, throughout the season, I always talk about my move the ball book and strategies and lessons that I I've learned from the game of football that have helped me to be successful. If you haven't read that book and are thinking of checking it out, there's a link in the show notes also for you to go get your copy. It's available in ebook, audiobook, as well as paperback. All right. I appreciate you listening to today's show and we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.